Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well. A little fresh day here in Colorado Springs. Today, though, we're going to talk about getting stuck or being stuck, I guess is more the thing, wouldn't you call it? Yeah. Why is it that we sometimes stay stuck in a position or, you know, especially something that we're just not really satisfied with, but maybe don't know how to change? But basically, why is the fear of changing greater than the misery that we're in? And I think at some point we've all probably been there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like whether it's staying in a relationship, staying in a job, staying in a family, staying in a friendship, you know, staying in a sport. I mean, it can be, I think it could be anything Yeah. that we just feel, is it like a complacency? Is that what it is? Sometimes it's a complacency. And then I think sometimes there is a pressure. So say person that plays a sport or whatever, a young person, and sometimes they have pressure from family, I think, to continue on with something like that. And maybe it's not necessarily what they want, but it's better than the pushback maybe from what they get. (laughs) Well, and I think that's true. I think that I don't know any of us who likes pushback, you know what I mean? But I do think that in that thing of staying stuck, we start to lose ourselves. And we talked about the thing of, we lose confidence. We, we, that misery, we understand mm-hmm. maybe. And because we understand it, then we tend to say, at least this misery makes sense to me. That fear of change. I don't, I don't know it. What if it's worse than this? I think people go to that more uh, negative piece of what if this isn't as miserable as I can be. Yeah, I think that could play a part of it and part of it too. I think sometimes people just don't know how to change it. That's just how it's always been. And, you know, to try and change it, you know, they just don't know how to even approach it, I think. Well, and I think sometimes it's not even misery, but maybe sometimes we stay in something that is blah. Mm -hmm. It's not giving us anything. We're not growing in it. We're we have such a complacency in it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I often uh, talk with my clients about that because they're not happy. They're not sad. They're, there's really not a whole lot going on. (laughs) And once again, you know, then that becomes that thing of, well, it's not horrible. Mm -hmm. I think we just accept it as it is and, and don't realize our own power. And a lot of that, I think, does come from a lack of confidence. We lack confidence in ourselves to be able to know how to make those changes or how to implement them. So it makes it difficult. Well, I think too, or I don't know if you think too, is that when we are in those things and that we start losing the confidence and the longer we stay in those situations, we get to that place of even less confidence, less self-esteem that feeling of I'm not capable. Right. And like I said, I think that people go through this to to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a little discomfort is okay. But I think the bigger piece of that is, is, is that fear of change. Mm-hmm. And I'm always telling my clients, you understand that things are changing whether you want them to or not. That's true. But we get fixated on those things that we think we can control. And that's usually where we get stuck because that's stuff we don't control. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we've probably been there at times, you know, too. I know I felt a little stuck when not, well, I guess it was stuck. 
you know, even when I went from working in community mental health to being an NFLAC, I didn't know what being an NFLAC was, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's a military family life counselor. I knew it wasn't exactly therapy. It wasn't what I had been doing. I knew I had to move around with the, you know, cause we would stay 90 days in one spot, then move 90 days. And it's kind of changed a little bit since then. But that when I started, that's what it was. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to do this. I, this is really scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to navigate this. Well, and then you had to make, you know, another transition too, when you went from working for someone else, basically, even though it was contracting, to doing a private practice, setting up a business of your own. That was a huge step. And that took a while. And I mean, we kept oscillating even on that. Once again, you didn't know anything about billing. So I think there was that fear of that and not having confidence in it. Mm -hmm. I was there like, I've always worked for somebody or I've been an independent contractor, but I still had somebody over me, so to speak. Right. You know, I wasn't I didn't have to be all the whole adult. (laughs) (laughs) You're responsible for everything. (laughs) You know, so I know we probably waited longer than we should have. Or uh, now I think, you know, it's worked out. But I I wonder, though, sometimes, you know, had we started this sooner, where would we be? I think you do those things. But I feel like, you know, even that fear of that unknown and going into podcasting. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. We talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And still talk some more <laughs> until we finally, and because there was really a lot of anxiety and, and, and apprehension about it because we don't know what we're doing. So we've been learning as we go. And that's what you do when you podcast, you talk. <laughs> but the thing I is, do that as a therapist, but this was a little more terrifying for some reason. <laughs> well, and there, there is um, a lot to learn because there's, you know, it's not just um, getting on and talking. There's so much that you have to learn behind the scenes, you know, and just apps that you've never worked with. And, you know, there's some technical part of it that you're, you're having to learn as you go. So yeah, sometimes you feel like you're in over your head, getting our equipment, all of that stuff. And yeah. so even the part of what are we going to talk about Mm-hmm. is how is this going to resonate with people? How much does one expose of themselves? Do you not? Ex- I mean, oh, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things that you don't even really think about until you're actually doing it. And it's true, but I think that, you know, we talk about so many things that people deal with on an everyday basis, I feel like, and maybe they don't know, you know, even like what we're talking about today they don't know how to make that change or whatever. And part of it sometimes is scary. Yes, because of the unknown, but part of it becomes about that self-care piece of it to in order to build your self-confidence. And sometimes you have to do that by setting boundaries with people. You know, I mean, it's like you were mentioning, you know, that sometimes you have to be assertive with people and say, Hey, no, I am working on something at this moment. You got to be able to set aside time for yourself. And maybe you've never been the kind that has required that before. And people don't know how to take that. So that's one of those changes that sometimes you have to make. And good Lord, setting boundaries with people is almost more scary than, <laughs> yeah. than staying stuck. Because mm-hmm. because you get a lot of pushback with that. You know, I have this one client. I so admire him. I really do. Um, he has his schedule. It's If it's in his schedule, he's going to do it. If it's not in his schedule, it's not going to happen. And he will sit there and he will put those people in. But he's studying. He's doing some studying now. And he says, but you're not going to talk to me until this time. 
and some people of his group did not really care for that. And some, you know, some didn't understand it. But even for him, he's he's trying to get to another place, even though there's some, there's always going to be fear about when we start new things and we do new things. So there's that piece of it. But taking that time to build that and to do that is so important. And that's part, like you said, part of that self-care is I can't be expending all my energy in all these other areas and trying to make a change at the same time because I'm going to feel depleted. Mm-hmm. When we're doing this, it's like we get, we talk about these things, but I always want people to know that by the end of it, we're going to talk about other things you can do or to implement to try to help with that. Setting boundaries is that first piece of it, I think, yeah. you know, but it's the boundary with you first. Yes. You have to get to that place that you understand that the place that you're in is no longer serving you so that you can be able to be brave enough to do that. Realize the opportunities that you may be missing out on because you're not willing to step up and do that. And I understand why it's so hard for some people So you know, things happen that can really throw you off (laughs) and make you feel like that you're not confident enough to do something or that you're, you know, I mean, I can say from personal experience, I had a job that I worked at. It was a hotel and this owner of the hotel, he was just over the top. Like he would not, he He was a horrible boss. He was. And he would be like, almost verbally abusive. Like he didn't want to deal with the clients and that, you know, the people that would cut the customers. And if there was a problem or something like that, he basically like throw you under the bus because he did not want to deal with them. Or he would straight out accuse them of stealing things from the hotel and stuff. And I mean, it would just be, I remember being there and there being like a shouting match in the front with one of the customers and him. And he was upset with me because I had let them know that he was there and he always pretended like he wasn't. He would always hide out in the back. That really like traumatized me. Well, you know, it did. And I, and I remember you coming home and just that whole anxiety piece and thinking, oh my God, I need a job. And I'm thinking, I think you need your mental health more, but you know, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way he would deal with everybody, it was just, you know, <sighs> it would make you think, well, am I not doing, you know, my best here? And, and, and it just, it made you question yourself when you, when I left there, I had nightmares about that. Guy. So, I mean, I understand there are things that happen like that, that make you question your, your abilities sometimes. And that sets you back when you're trying to assert yourself and do something different. Absolutely. I think when you're trying to evolve, you know, you're in this place of um, evolving. I want to get better. You know, you had the job because you were going to college and you wanted to have that extra money and, you know, college can be expensive and those kind of things. And then I think, and I know for you, it was really a disappointment because it took you a hot minute to realize that it wasn't your incompetence. It was his inability to manage. manage. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think helped you to get back some of that confidence and to realize it wasn't your problem. Well, it took a lot of time. And I mean, I was more focused on school anyway, thank goodness. So, I mean, 
that was more important to me. And I explained even when I went to work there, I mean, my school schedule is my top priority. And I stayed true to that. Um, even when I went on to the next job, that was my thing. And, you know, they were working with me at first. And then all of a sudden, when my schedule changed, they had a problem with that. I left there too. And so, I mean, I wanted that to be my primary goal and focus. So that's where I kind of stuck to, even though, like I said, I was pretty traumatized and I had nightmares for a while after that, but that I stayed there three months too long. <laughs> well, and once again, you know, and somebody was like three months, well, you know, if it's three months and it's like a horrible experience every single day you go in, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that sometimes jobs can actually start out good and then they can turn toxic. And I deal with this so much about toxic environments and, and, and I'll ask somebody, well, why are you still there? You know, I had one, why aren't you retiring? Well, because I have to do this, this, and I said, for what reason? You know, I don't understand. And so we went and crunched numbers and I was like, uh oh. I said, but then once again, the fear was, what do I do? I've, this has been my identity. Mm-hmm. What do I do? How do I fill my time? There is anxiety and fear about that unknown. And that's the biggest thing that keeps us a lot of times in that place of anguish or hell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, purgatory, (laughs) you know, and and it's because I'm afraid. Yeah. It's you accept the misery of it um, because it's what you know. You know, I think something that really helped us is too, we read uh, I'm a badass series and that she said, she says in there, if something scares you that is the time to do it yeah that's the time to act and I think she's right I mean I learned a lot from it's you you are a badass you are a badass Jen Sincero yeah yeah and I think the thing is is that with that even the time we were reading it you know going into doing the podcast and you know, we were already in private practice, but trying to morph. I, that, that statement just resonated with me. If it scares you, then that's when you do it. And I think it's because that is that pivotal moment, because if that fear is there, there's not complacency. Once we reach the place of complacency, that's when I feel we are truly stuck. Yeah. This is my lot in life. And how many times we hear that when people, well, I made my bed, now I got to lay in it, you know, all this kind of stuff and where that thought process has come from is crazy to me, but you know, it happens. I think that things are, are changing in our society, even like in regards to jobs and that you see that people are no longer willing to accept the way that things have been done up to this point, you know, like employers are making demands of people that, you know, it's not realistic, I feel like sometimes, and people are not accepting it anymore. And they're looking for different ways to do things. So it's really cool, because you see a lot of people coming up with all kinds of different side hustles and stuff like that. Other ways to make money. And that's cool. And not to stay in those places that are just, you know, zapping you. Yeah. uh, you know, your self-worth and everything. I, I have a client and, and I was really amazed by this because, you know, one of the things she always 
tells me is on all of her jobs is I'm not going to compromise my sleep. <laughs> her sleep. <laughs> I want my sleep. I need my time. And the company she was working for, she's telling me the hours and I go, oh my God, that's a, a lot of hours you got to work. And it changed, you know, um, based on season, whatever. And yeah. she, she was very firm about that. You will, you can fire me, you can do whatever you want, but I am not going to compromise. I am not going to compromise who I am. My, the things, if, if I don't have sleep or if I'm all stressed out, I am not an effective employee for you. Right. And you know what? She was okay with it when, because she was going to, she was looking for another job and, and she wasn't going to compromise on that and they didn't want it. And, and she goes, and, you know, we had that conversation uh, about how there does feel like a demand for more and more of your time. And, you know, when I talk to people they're they're like, I feel like I'm making a lot of money for whoever owns this company or the stockholder, whoever that is. And, mm -hmm. but I don't feel like I, I don't feel there's no gratification for me anymore. It, I think employees don't, employers don't understand is it's not always monetary. It's stop treating us like crap, right? You know, mm -hmm. really appreciate the value in what I bring to your companies. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's the same thing with relationships. I'm talking about the relationship, you know, I don't care how much you tell somebody you love them. If your behavior doesn't match it, what difference does it make? No. But we get caught. And sometimes I think people get caught in the words, but they say they love me, but they're treating you like crap. How's this? How does this match up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then once again, I think it's that thing of that fear of if I leave this relationship, how do I start all over? And I see that when people divorce and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh my God, what do I do now? I mean, I always tease you. I always say, oh, no, you're going to be with me till the end of time because I am not going to flip and date that <laughs> to me. Now, that would be terrifying. You know what I mean? Thank God our relationship is good. <laughs> but no, it is. And, and people are terrified of dating or it's like, I don't know how to date. Now we have to date online. I don't even know these people. Then we get to know them. Some like it. Some don't. I mean, they're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah talk about a lot of pressure and stress and all this pressure and stress that we're getting from other people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that thing. Sometimes when, when you're in a bad relationship, but you have family members saying, Oh, you just need to stick it out. Right. Oh, give them another chance. Yeah. Oh, but they're so, you know what? They bring home a paycheck. I mean, these are mm -hmm. some of the things that I hear people sound they're like, Oh, okay. Right. You know, I think that we have to learn to value our own mental health better <laughs> in those situations, whether it be relationships, jobs, whatever it is. I mean, because, yeah, it's one thing, you know, somebody sitting there painting the picture for you, but then doing something else, taking different action. Like we were saying with the employer, they can go on and on about what a good an employee you are. But if they have you on salary and they're working you 900 hours a week, then. Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder how much you value me. <laughs> well, they value what you're making for them. However, exactly. do you value me as a human being? Yeah. The answer is usually no. <laughs> and, and, you know, I get it. You know, and I tell people, I get I get business. I get, you know, everybody answers to everybody. They're looking at the bottom line. They're looking at that dollar amount, whatever that is. And there are some people out there who they don't mind that. They are fine with working 900 hours because they don't have anything else or whatever. What, you know, that's a choice. Yes. But they're happy with that choice. Yeah. But there are so many people who are not happy with that. They really don't want to give up 
so much of their life. Because, right. you know, like my one client said, she goes, I can't get that back. Exactly. <laughs> I know that's more important to me now. I'm, I just sit there and think my time is more valuable to me. So, you know, the next time they want you to sit through some kind of sales thing or <laughs> sales pitch or that, I sit there and go, hmm, can you afford me <laughs> for that many hours? Nope. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm telling y'all out there, if you ever come to her for a sales pitch, she's like, nope. But I have, nope. <laughs> Don't even talk to me. Don't even look at me. <laughs> they get a little mad at me because I say no too fast. You know, and I get it. And I don't know you if if you guys go out on vacations and stuff, and sometimes depending on where you play, you stay and stuff. They they want to come and do these sales pitches for you, and and they do. They get very offended when you say uh, no. And, and and part of the thing is, is I'm just there to enjoy my vacation. Mm-hmm. I'm not there to do anything else. I just want to sit in the sun, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I think there's those things, but I think you know it gets back to. I think the biggest thing it gets back to is. How do we set up boundaries, but how do we know what is an effective boundary and what is an appropriate boundary and all of those things? I think people say, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, go in, talk with your boss, let them know what's going on with you. Go and talk to your spouse, your children, your friends, whoever it is, you know, have that conversation. You've got to start the dialogue first. Somebody has to know you're disgruntled. Right. You know, because you might go into work every day looking disgruntled, but they might think, well, they have an unhappy life, not thinking, well, it's my job, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So that's why I tell people, communicate. You know, that's why we do. We push so much for communication. And the reason we do that is because people don't know something's wrong until they know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. But then I tell people, once we bring something into your awareness, then you don't get to sit there and pretend like you don't know. Right. It becomes your responsibility to make those changes change do something make something be different Mm -hmm. change is as scary as we make it we make it bigger than it is Mm -hmm. because i tell people you know when like i said when kids are going into middle school or high school or going to college getting married whatever whatever that this new venture they're going on learning how to drive they're all anxious i'm they're like you didn't know how to write you didn't know how to read, you know, you just kept practicing. You didn't know all of the things that we do, tying your shoes, anything. I said, you just practiced it. And then you became good at it. You learn. And yeah. that's, that's exactly going back to, like I said, podcasting. I mean, we, there were a lot of parts, you know, we didn't know and are still learning. There's a lot of moving parts to this. There is, <laughs> But we had to take that that chance and say, Hey, we can learn this. And I think that's, what's interesting. I think with the podcasting, the, the thing that what I feel like we had a passion for it, Mm -hmm. but our fear even outweighed the passion and thank goodness, eventually the passion outweighed the fear because we really do love doing this. We We do. do. Yeah. We are so grateful for it. We, the passion at that point wasn't greater at first and the fear of every like you said these things we didn't know at first there was just like stage fright basically (laughs) and I know that like because even when we first did our introduction and that I remember I I kind of wanted to just pre-record something and just you know 
Cause I was like, I don't even know how to approach this. <laughs> I don't. And to me, it was almost like being on a stage and, you know, I have a little bit of stage fright, so I didn't know how to, to get past that, but just over time, I feel like that I've gotten way better. You know, yeah. I don't feel like, Oh my God, I need to. And mine rehearse. <laughs> well, and you know, and it's funny, mine was not necessarily that piece of it. It was, I always tell her, I can go up and give a presentation to a hundred people. But I don't care. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm just giving information. You know, it's easy enough. But when it's more that thing of not being vulnerable, because I, I, you know, I think being vulnerable is a strength. It's not a weakness in that aspect. But it, my thing was, is what I have to say valuable? Even though I've been a therapist for 20 plus years and 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 I love what I do, I love being a therapist. I, I feel like I'm effective at it. And I often tell people, there's a lot of things in this world I am not good at, like I suck at. But I feel like being a therapist is because over the years I've worked on it, I've developed it and I've loved it. And I always... I am always present and I am my authentic self when I'm in sessions. So it's not, I, it's, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have to sit there. I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not, blah, blah, blah. I truly work and, and, and practice being my authentic self. And so for me, it was, is that knowledge that I gained all these years, is it valuable to somebody else? Or that was more my thing of, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear how to overcome anxiety? Do you want to hear how to be your best version of you? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and hopefully, I I mean, I hope that we have something valuable uh, to, to offer when people listen. Well, I think that that has really changed with me because I'm always so appreciative of people who give us feedback and who, who listen to us and stuff like that. And, and if they do, you know, and they make a suggestion, we actually listen. And we'll say, oh, okay, well, we'll incorporate that. We'll do what we can to make that part of what we're doing, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. But once again, we had to overcome the fear in order to get to the place that we are now where we can sit there, we can have that comfort in this and that. And I tell people, it's the same for everybody. There's always going to be fear of that unknown. There's always variables we don't understand. I think that one of the hardest things to accept is realizing that when you are in a situation and you are not happy with the current situation, you have to accept the fact that you're the one that can change it. And that means you're the one that has to take the initiative to do that. And sometimes that's hard for people. They think that other things outside of them need to change in order for them to be happy but that's not how it works and you know sometimes it's interesting because there's another thing that happens in that aspect of and it's if you're going to leave a relationship sometimes people don't leave because of the fear of the other person are they going to be okay Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's it so even if it's not a good environment for them Mm -hmm. they do care about that person so it's like well, what do I do? How are they going to be okay? How do we know that? I know if I'm here, I'm taking care of, I'm doing this or I'm doing that, whether it's financial, whatever it is. But what happens? So it's not fear of you moving on. 
-hmm. it's fear of their inability to the the whoever that other person is to move on and i think that that can happen too and i think people have to realize you can be compassionate and empathetic to that other person but we are in charge of ourselves and we're we're in charge of making sure that we're okay you know and making the right choices for ourselves and i feel like the more in charge of you that you are the more we get to see conceptualize things in a very different way mm -hmm. so when we are taking care of ourselves and we're doing that nurturing and doing what we have to and if we can do that then we realize that other person can do it as well we still have to decide how much investment do I have in me? Because if I'm investing in the job or the work or this, eventually we we get to that place where we say we're pissed off, mm -hmm. but we're pissed off because there's that part of us that knows we should have left something a long time ago, or we should have eat or not even sometimes it's not about leaving. It is about changing even within that system. Mm -hmm. So it's not always you have to sever a tie or you have to do that. Sometimes you just have to change the groundwork of whatever that relationship is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just it requires that you have a voice about some things and say, you know, this isn't okay with me. It's not acceptable. Exactly. And I think that's where we keep getting, you know, I think that's where people run into that thing of there's so many variables to that fear, to that thing that keeps us in our misery. I don't think people should be miserable. Mm -mm. I'm the complete opposite. And I always tell my clients, I think everybody deserves to be happy. Everybody deserves to be loved and to love. I really do believe that with every fiber of my being. But I feel like we as a society teach people these things. Even that thing, you made your bed, now you lay in it. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful statement for somebody. And sometimes that's a contributing factor to why people stay stuck is because they're like, yep, you're right. You know, maybe I should have done this or I should have done that. And this is my penance, basically. Exactly. And the thing is, is once again, that's us listening to all those other people outside who really don't have an inkling of what's really going on on the inside mm -hmm. of the, the inside of you internally and what's going on in that relationship, whatever it is, whether it's with a boss, job, parents, siblings, partners, it doesn't matter, friends. Yeah. It does not matter. Because, but we tend to continue to listen to those messages that are not ours and we incorporate them and we will live a life that somebody else says, well, once you start a job, you need to retire from that job or, you know, don't go become an artist because they don't make money. Oh no, we don't make money in music. No, we don't. I'm there. So like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. So then people squash that love and that passion. Mm -hmm like art won't get you know get you fed and all of those kinds of things mm -hmm. but yeah what do you mean you want to travel <laughs> do you know how much traveling cost mm -hmm. you want to go to a concert well how what are you going to do how are you going to get them i hear all of these things i'm there like oh my god i can think of a perfect example of that i remember when we had to have the door replaced on our house and i remember somebody making a comment and said well if you weren't always vacationing somewhere maybe you could put a new door <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of things people say sometimes we were shopping for the right door we don't make those decisions quickly <laughs> i had a bit of vacation in to work on this project but no and then yeah and why just be happy for people yeah when people are making those statements 
you will listen and they will be a statement from a societal point of view. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever that is, or, well, how many men are you going to date? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I just picked the first jerk, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But people, you know what I mean? Then we label them. Oh, well, look at her. She's had five dates in five weeks. Mm-hmm. Different man. Yeah. Well, how do I know which one I want? <laughs> yeah. but, no, I, I really, I had this uh, young lady I was working with and she was trying to decide who she wanted to date. And so she goes, well, if I date this one, and they're like, well, what do you mean? And she says, well, you can only date one. I said, why would you only date one? I said, if there's three, you're interested. And how do you know which one you really want? If you don't date all three of them, you can do that. <laughs> well, I don't understand why not. It's called dating for a reason. Yeah. You date, you get to know somebody. You know what I'm saying? This is why I can't do dating these days anymore because I would be labeled a hoe. (laughs) (laughs) It's like tryouts. (laughs) But it was really a struggle. It was like, okay, well, if I date this one, then I have to be exclusive. I'm like, I don't even understand these things. (laughs) How can you be exclusive? You don't even know them yet. Date them for a minute. And anyway, she ended up dating them and she ended up liking somebody else. That's how those things happen. But once again, we continue to to teach and perpetuate this these ideas but who made up the idea mm-hmm. it sure wasn't me you know it, it wasn't you it's you know these are been ideas that have just been generationally brought forward and we continue to do the same thing don't put your apples in one cart save save all of these things that people are being taught mm-hmm. so when you look at things like that and, we, and the other podcast that you uh follow is uh, yo quiero dinero and she's talking about that. She's talking about how side hustles, do other things. Yeah. yeah. Do stuff like that. Expand. Mm-hmm. But we get we have to stop getting stuck in somebody else's ideologies. And I a lot of times I think that that's what it is. You know, we hear these messages from people and we think, like I said, that we're not capable of, of doing something else. And so it keeps us in that same place. I had a conversation with one of my brothers one time and he goes, sis, do you think it's selfish to like take care of you? Like, do you think that's selfish? And I'm there like, what a weird question. <laughs> I said, why would that be a selfish thing? But I understood what he was saying because if I'm selfish and I'm setting boundaries, other people think that I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. They don't call it self-care. Exactly. And that's the thing. Employers don't call it self-care. Well, why are you being selfish? Oh, you take one for the team. How many times do we hear all these? Listen to all these these little sayings out there. Exactly. So the thing is, is but I, that contributes to that fear. Yeah. That contributes to us stepping outside of our comfort zones. That contributes to us not following the things that we love and truly dream about from not really fulfilling your purpose and passion you know absolutely I, I think that a lot of people you know whether it be writing or whatever it is that they want to do they are so afraid to step out and try it because they have heard all these messages so I guess the bottom line is is if it's really scaring you maybe that's the time to do it mm-hmm. You're a Badass is a good book that talks about some of that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't have to, we can diversify and Yo Quiero Dinero talks about that. Yes. So those are the things, you know, and even 
visions of a blind woman. You know, when Renee talks about her fear, she had to learn something new, that fear that kept her so stuck. Mm-hmm. But oh my goodness, look at her now. She got her podcast. She's doing a lot with the Federation of Blind. blind. I mean, uh-huh. just amazing stuff. They just did a fashion, fashion show. show and she was part of that. That's that thing of I'm afraid, but I'm gonna step outside of that. And she did. Mm-hmm. She did. And and kudos to her because she's been, you know, I through a lot with this and and having to make adjustments and that. But she's starting to find her fire and move yeah. forward. And it's beautiful. It is. So there's examples out there. There's there's things that we can do to get past this fear, those things that keep us stuck in a misery we don't need. We have to value ourselves above all else. And when we do that, I think we get to that then radiates out of us into others into what we're doing and that's what we need to do yeah because you have to remember the things that you have that those talents that you have that you're not showcasing in that the world's missing out on them too exactly so get out there and for goodness sakes shine a little step outside be a little afraid and understand that everything you're afraid of everything we've been afraid of, we can learn and we become good at those things. Just put the people and the things in place to help you do it. You don't have to do it alone. Get the assistance you need. And you don't have to do it all at once. Exactly. There are little changes that make baby steps, people, baby steps. (laughs) Yeah. Put you in the position that you need to be in. And it's really important that you make those efforts and realize that you're not stuck. You have choices that you can make. So sometimes we have to step outside of our misery and into the fear in order to have the growth. So thank you so much. And we will be back next week. Once again, you can find us on uh, two girls in a pod.com. We are also on Facebook and Instagram, and we are now on YouTube adventures of two girls in a pod. Please look us up, subscribe, 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 like, you know, what all those other things we so appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we will be back next week.